0: This is the Ag Engineering Podcast that rolls right into the details on tools, tips, and techniques that improve you, your farm, and our world. I'm your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is sponsored by Northeast SARE. Thanks for listening. Today's episode comes to you from the Hudson Valley area in New York, where my colleague Chris Callahan and I visit Sue Decker of Blue Star Farm. We got to know a little bit about her and her starting greenhouse benches in the previous episode. Today, I'd like to share with you the rest of the tour as she shows us around her high tunnels and her wash and pack area. Thanks to Chris for leading the majority of this conversation so I could focus on photos and videos. So make sure you check out our YouTube and Instagram channel so you can see that content as well. You'll hear a brief introduction by her again and then we'll get into the tour.
1: So I'm Sue Decker from Blue Star Farm. We are located in Stuyvesant, New York, and that's about half an hour south of Albany. Um, We grow year-round. We're in unheated tunnels, and we're also um, five acres on rented property. Um, We're standing right now in front of our heated benches, and we run these year-round. They are... um, currently have some pepper seedlings on them right now.
2: Yeah, Yeah. wanna do a little more walking and talking?
1: Yeah, sure. So let's go to our micro house. Ah.
2: Love the sliding door.
1: I like it too. It definitely keeps the rodents out. And
2: a nice... Yeah. You have to learn
1: how to step over it, but. So this was our first house that we bought. Um, So, like I said, that was... This was
2: the one you thought would do it, right? I thought, this
1: is perfect. I don't need anything else. (laughs) And so, and this is just devoted to microgreens at this point. So, I'm just going to hit a few places with water here.
0: It's a cute little house. It's awesome. Well-constructed little house.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is about this, this is... uh, We rotate the trays here in micros, and definitely there's some microclimate that is created by doing them on stands like this without light for every single bench. But...
0: If there were lights, you couldn't water this quickly.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Um, But in the heat of July, It works for us too, Um, and we actually cover the top trays um, with a little bit of shade. All right, so we were in High Tunnel. Yeah. um, One. So this is High Tunnel Two, which really kind of has more of our, um, you know, our January, February seedings of lettuce. We kind of redid everything since we had some.
2: And are they numbered in terms of their construction order? <laughs>
1: uh, as we built them? Yeah. Yes. OK. Yeah. So, so this, this,
2: so I'm just noting this one has a double sliding door with a larger opening. Was that?
1: Yeah, we actually redid the openings on this. They came with eight foot openings. Um, and this actually came with a, it was a wooden wall. So we actually built the end walls from scratch. Um, we still have one of the roll up doors in the back. and. For winter growing, it always gets shaded out, so right. you're always going to have a little bit poor growth there because you just don't have the sun.
2: So, have you bought all these tunnels so far used? Or no, no.
1: No, the first two we bought used, um, and then the third one and the cat tunnels we were we bought new, um, and almost all of them we were able to do with um, some grant money. Okay. So uh, they changed the ruling on the size the last time around, and we had already ordered our 144-foot tunnel, and we couldn't go over 96 feet. So we said, "Well, okay, how about you know two 100-foot ones?" And so they said, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was we built all three of them at once.
2: <laughs> you, I think you mentioned earlier you do end up doing some trellis crops, yes, uh, tomatoes and mm-hmm. pukes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. In the same houses.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, these, um, you can see where the old sisal twine was from the last Mm -hmm. tomatoes that we had in here. We do have an unusual issue in in our first two houses in that we have peanut root-knot nematode. So I have not been able to get rid of that yet. I can't prove it, but I really think it came in on a source of peanut meal oh. as nitrogen. <laughs> so, I would not recommend that to anybody. <laughs>
2: peanut root, no, not nematode. nematode. We
1: had mm. the nematode identified. Wow. Twice. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and because it never freezes in here, and I haven't moved to actually <laughs> losing the skin for a winter because our winter crops are so important to us right um Hmm. we've tried the solarizing we've tried the mustard um we tried a biological and nothing has really worked yet so steaming yeah that's next on the list (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so we are working with um uh a woman out of Kingston who has done the coursework with Elaine Ingham okay um that you know we're gonna try that biological approach here through the summer because we wouldn't steam probably until the fall anyway, yeah. yeah. And see if perhaps it makes a difference. Um, we in High Tunnel One last year we took the skin off and we got some good rain last year, and um, we were able to uh, grow a good crop of mustard and and solarize. So maybe.
0: Yeah. It's going to be better there. Yeah. We're
1: not going to plant any tomato crops in this tunnel this year. We're going to try and go fallow for the summer.
2: So does it mainly hit the tomatoes? Is that the? Uh,
1: it mainly hits the tomatoes. We we haven't had success. We haven't grown cucumbers in here for years okay. because they're a lot more sensitive to it. So we kind of keep those going in the other tunnels.
2: Um, and so the the other than the biological treatment the environmental treatment would be uh freezing
1: is that yeah Yeah. wow yeah yeah i suspect that you know it's more of an issue like i mean peanut root not nematode i mean it's not something you hear about in the northeast (laughs) yeah yeah so um you know, I've tried to even connect with farmers like in Georgia. That's what I
2: was, I mean, somebody I'm sure is.
1: Yeah, and I haven't really made huh. the right connection yet. I'm yeah. sure that somebody has right, had right. the same problem. Maybe not in a greenhouse. But... Yeah, but
2: in terms of treatments, it would have to be yeah. an organic grower. Most exactly, likely. Yeah, right.
1: exactly. Yeah. And that's always been the problem.
2: Yeah. Wow. So. And how does how, it show up with the tomatoes?
1: Um. Well, we, we mainly do cherry tomatoes, and quite frankly, the yield is still quite yeah. fine. Um, there are definitely varietal differences. Um, definitely sakura, which is uh, nematode resistant, is successful. Wow. Whenever we pull the plants, there's no galls on the roots, huh. ever. Huh. Wow. And everything else does. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great variety for that purpose but you know like i said we're not really trying to get early um, tomatoes and we're usually out by after labor day so yeah if we can function with it yeah so so yeah this is high tunnel three so this is our largest house um and right now we're transitioning Um, so we have some winter crops here of, um, chard and spinach. Spinach is kind of on its way out and we just planted basil this morning and we've got, uh, two successions of snap peas, um, which we also transplant so we can get really thick stands. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have (laughs) one gargantuan little patch of (laughs) carrots here, which we experimented with this variety, um. It is, I want to say, romance. Um, it's a 70 day carrot, and I wouldn't do a 70 day carrot because it's got more top than bottom at this point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty, pretty densely in there, too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We do six, five rows, five rows, I think we do.
2: Wow,
1: yeah, but it just has like incredible vegetation on the top, whereas Napoli. And I think Yaga was the other 50-day that we trialed. And that, that did well, huh. too. And, so.
2: and this tunnel, you went, it looks like extended ground posts. We did.
1: Yeah. We did. In with the idea that we wanted to get a tractor, like, up against the sides. But in the end, uh, we're not doing that. You know, the less turnover of soil we can do, the better. Um, we use a BCS in here now, and we... Um, we don't even use the tiller part of it, but we use the spader-type ah. implement part of it yeah. to prep between summer and winter beds. Yeah, and and that's, you know, I think that makes a difference. Um, yeah. You know, otherwise, if we have a little bit of compaction here and there, we will broad-fork it, and, and then we're just raking amendments in.
2: So even though you're not using the height for the intended purpose, how, do you feel like there's better temperature or humidity management in here? because I do.
1: I I also think that your heat sink too for the winter is better because you've got a more air volume here. We tend to have a problem with our spinach, you know, in that we just have an aphid breakout. Uh, Generally, it's like the third week in March, Um, but we have continually started to add ladybugs and pirate bugs now too on a very regular basis and um, at larger amounts than what they recommend and we got better results we actually pushed off our uh, peak aphid um, explosion until this month you know pretty (laughs) much almost the same a month later Hmm. Um, and a month later we're we're kind of ready to rip some of this out (laughs) anyway so it's becoming more successful
2: yeah and I'm noticing this house also, it's got the roll-up sides, no ridge vent and mm-hmm. two gable vents. But yes. everything's passive other than the HAF.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah, and, then, and those roll-up sides can go, because of the height, can go up yeah. pretty far. So we get a lot of good air circulation in here for sure in the summer too. Really, everything is pretty happy except for lettuce. Yeah. Lettuce is the only, the only crop that we have an issue with. You know, kind of in February, where we have we see that die off because of crown rot. Huh. And but I think n- it's no
2: heat-related stuff in the <laughs> in the summer or no in here anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we don't pack our house with tomatoes either. Um, if we do have tomatoes in here and they're s- beside each other, we're going to skip a bed.
2: Ah, so okay. we have better air circulation.
1: Yeah. We did. We have so much tunnel space that we do that. It's so a good problem to have. Yeah, and we, and we yeah, we haven't. Um, we do still do tomatoes outside. Um, you know, maybe at some point we will switch that so that we're doing all of our tomatoes in a tunnel, but we haven't made that switch yet. So um, we can go to the two caterpillar tunnels in this on the side here. These are, you know, both probably primarily filled with lettuce, but we do have those shallots in the back too. So we are trialing different varieties now of the, the one-cut lettuces, because some of them, I think, are more prone to that problem.
2: Okay. The crown rot problem. Yeah, thing.
1: yeah. And, you know, just conversing with other farmers, there's definitely some that have been eliminated for uh, winter production. Yep, and there's a some good wind today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so are you mainly doing head lettuce then?
1: Uh, no, this is all for salad mix. Okay. So this is um, five-row, six-inch spacing. And many of the Salanova varieties. Yeah. And these are the... Oh, my goodness, the wind. <laughs> yeah, so these are conserver, right?
2: Uh, ambition, it
1: looks like. Oh, Ambition. Yep. So ambition in the front, conserver in the back. We had a heat, heat problem in the back, and those oh. guys died.
2: <laughs> Notice you're, you're getting herbs in wherever you can on the perimeter
1: too. Yeah, we, we try and get parsley wherever we can along the sides where it stays a little bit cooler and damper, and we do a lot of cilantro for people. So we turn that crop over every two or three weeks heating wise.
2: Yeah it's feeling nice in here.
1: Yeah and then we do um, we just throw some of our leftover garlic as spring garlic in. This one's just been cleared out a little bit more. So not too much different. (laughs) This was overwintered Escarole. Oh, yeah. And um, I think there's frisee in the back, which looked horrible throughout the winter and took off again yeah. <laughs> in the spring. So it just wasn't very happy going through the winter. <laughs> and these houses are going to get a lot colder. Yeah. That Cold's mm-hmm. going to creep in on the side. We were able to put the, um, this you know, the insulation board down on these, too.
0: As far as cat tunnels go, you've really done a good job about, like, buttoning them down and yeah. making them work well.
1: As much as we can, yeah, yeah.
0: They can be a hard thing to, to do right.
1: Yeah, I mean, really I I like the Farmer's Friends um, construction. They're pretty, I mean, we get some wind here. And yeah,
0: is that what these are? Yeah. yeah,
1: and they've been really good for us. Good. Um, you know, we, I, we did try them originally just kind of bringing the plastic to a point on this end. Yeah, yeah couldn't do it here you know we just have too much wind huh and it just ripped and shredded the front of it so we hmm. did make a point hitting of,
2: this side. okay yeah so
1: we built the poly um okay. ourselves and and Ooh. then um you know the idea would be to do a poly on the back end too but we just haven't gotten around to it and we, <laughs> we, we don't get the kind of wind on the east side there's another cat tunnel in the back but that really only has some baby turnips in it and scallions so if you wanted to
2: little wash pack Andy oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) this is a cool siding
1: this is what they put on dairy Um, yeah yeah it's great because we've dropped that in the winter and it keeps everything clean in here and it just cranks just like the side of a greenhouse we have it contained in in here.
0: Is it a mesh screen or a it transparent it, solid? No, yeah, it's, solid. it's a transparent oh, okay. solid,
1: so we don't get snow in, yeah. and and the wind whips around here and we, it would drift in. Yeah, yeah, it would. So um, so yeah, just, it just kind of comes with a crank. That's great. And it's you know it's got a roll bar in the middle in the center of it, and then a roll at the bottom. Yeah, it works really well for us. And I and I, I would be tempted to do this on the front of our running shed too, hmm. uh, but that's a lot bigger. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like that the crank's behind a little door.
1: Yeah, it is. It's all <laughs> self-contained. Keeps it protected. The yeah. tools belong in there. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a straight one here too that you can, you know, uh, lock into a drill. Uh huh. And yeah, oh. you can just we need to batten down the ha- hatches as the storm's oh, coming cool. in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so.
2: So how long has this been here?
1: Um, so the original barn was um, that part of the barn and that overhang. And then we added this addition. Uh, and this addition, uh, I'm going to say hmm, six years, okay. six, seven years. We also got a grant to work on this. Um, so this is basically a, a 30 by 40 area also, but split into two rooms. And we put a bathroom back here and then a break room. And we considered maybe doing some processing in that room, too. But it's a little bit small for that. So um, we limit our processing to uh, vacuum packing, Mm -hmm. pretty much. And we do strawberries and peppers and um, ginger and turmeric and 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 some melons.
2: And then freeze them? And is, then yeah.
1: vacuum pack them. That's yeah. our vacuum packer. And then we have a, a stand-up <coughs> tray freezer.
2: Happy with the yeah, amount of space yeah, you have? Yeah, we have. are.
1: I mean, yeah. the one thing I would change is I would make the drain and the floor wider.
2: Uh-huh. For clean-out? Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. And we a- also have a... <clears throat> this goes out to like a... It's almost like a sewage system. So there's a two-tank scenario, okay. and then it pumps out to okay. like a sand mound. So we have a filter in the last one to catch, you know, a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you know, we know when that's full because it starts, it starts to, back up. It just doesn't really flow. Yeah.
2: That's a hose reel I haven't seen before. Flowmaster.
1: I love it. Yeah. Totally love it. And that little stop on the. That
2: is beautiful.
1: That is oh, a, yeah. like some kind of European yeah. um, garden hose thing, and we just mounted it on the ceiling upside down and. It's fantastic.
2: That, that's nice.
1: <laughs> and then it stops, and then you just let it go.
2: <laughs> Andy, did you see the hot and cold mix? I did.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so we don't freeze our fingers yeah. off. We do have a little hot water coming in there for the winter. makes a world of a difference. Yeah, it does. It does. So this is mostly our break room, um, but we do have this stand-up. Um, Freezer. Oh, that's nice. And that's how we, you know, we freeze everything, the strawberries loose on a tray and, um, you know, that does a really nice job.
2: So it actually takes trays, yeah.
1: It takes trays, yep, that's a separate thing that you can buy as an insert. Um, And then everything freezes flat, too, Yeah. so that it fits into your freezer in a much better way. You know we sell a lot of frozen stuff. I mean we've we sell um, strawberries and um, kind of this is our oh, yeah. stock.
0: Isn't that beautiful? Oh fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we've got um, this is ginger in pretty much quarter pound packs. Red and yellow peppers, strawberries, a pound. Awesome.
2: vegetable broth. What a great idea.
1: Yeah, we did that, too. It's not exactly a big seller. Yeah. <laughs> and this was uh, squash, too. Um, can't recommend that, either. It's uh-huh. a zucchini and yellow squash mix. It looks really pretty, but, you know, once you get it, like, you know, defrosted and in something, it's mush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Squishy
0: pellets in so. a stew. Yeah. Pig food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then dehydrator. We yeah. do we do some dehydrating of herbs, but not a lot of that. And then this is the first cooler that we um, did, and this was um, attack room <laughs> to go with the horse stalls, uh, which I, I love that latch. Yeah, my eighty-something-year-old mother-in-law made this. She made the whole door out of <laughs> parts of spare. Insulation that we're laying around, and That's she fantastic. pieced together two layers so that it was four inches, and built the door, and then made this latch. So, I hope when I'm eighty something, I'm doing the same kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so this is ginger germinating. We're about ready to take this out. Um, it's getting pretty tall, but we're kind of waiting for things to not go down to thirty-four degrees. Um, so the ginger has germinated well. Um, we bought all of our ginger through a co-op. Just, you know, standard $3.30 something <laughs> a pound rather than nine or 10 a pound where you can get it at other places. Um, and then uh, we, uh, we got our turmeric this year from uh, a grower in Florida. And that's been very slow, but generally turmeric is very slow. Hmm. Um, it takes much longer. We seeded this,
2: mm, yeah, three eight. Oh yeah. So. So you bought ginger at like the the food co-op? Yeah. Off the retail shelf. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Bulk. You, yeah. Know, yeah. you
1: know. I mean, it can be hit or miss. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes they sit in the warehouse for a while. Uh huh. Um.
2: So that's just pivoting on that screw.
1: Yep. And this is like got a little tiny rubber band kind of thing in it. And then you just shove it up against this wedge. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It does well. It seals seals well. And that's about the tour.
0: Wonderful. Wow. That's (laughs) sweet. Thanks so much, Sue. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah. My pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If I can ask you or direct you to do one thing, that is to go to the website for this podcast, agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. There you'll find the show notes. You'll find links to the farmer who we chatted with today, as well as photos or videos uh, from the call when I visited the farm. If you've got some feedback to share, my contact information's on there, or you can leave me a voicemail, and you can do that right from the link in the description in the mobile app. You're listening to this to. so go ahead and do that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day.